the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Seven minutes uh, after two. That means it's time for J.R. Davis on a Thursday. Spokesman from the governor's office. And we've got quite a few different topics to cover today. So I hope that you'll enjoy what we'll be speaking about. First of all, you may have seen the picture on the Arkansas section, I do believe, above above the fold. And whenever you're above the fold, it means it's important. And I was just talking to Doyle Webb about that today. We were a couple old farts that we are. <laughs> we're talking about we still read the, the morning paper and see what's going, what, the, hey, so what they're I. saying. And you're not even old. I know, right? That's, that's pretty Say amazing. we're bridging the gaps. Evidently. So anyway, a uh, picture of the lady who was the head of this uh, school safety uh, commission handing the final report to the governor. Was he happy with what he saw? Yeah, he really was. Um, You know, this has been ongoing since March 1st of this year when the governor uh, created the commission by executive order. And so Dr. May, along with 17 other uh, individuals that make up the commission, have traveled all over the state uh, to at least a dozen schools, met with several different experts um, from all different sides um, on this particular issue. Uh, And then they came up with their uh, final list of 30 recommendations from five different subcommittees uh, that kind of deal with different uh, aspects of school safety from the physical side um, to uh, on-campus presence as far as armed security goes. And then the one thing the governor really um, hit on when we got the initial draft back, back in July was, you know, he wanted more of an emphasis on the mental health side uh, and um, what's going on with our school counselors and making sure that they have, uh, you know, that most of their time is spent dealing with students versus administrative work and that sort of thing. And that was something that was addressed. So 30 recommendations in all. Um, the governor is very pleased by the work of Dr. May and the commission. Okay, so what happens now? He has this. Does he just pass it on to the legislature or does he take it to the legislature and says i'd like you guys to look heavily into this and see what you can do with it yeah we're still going through uh, the list of those 30 recommendations uh, a majority of which if not most of them will not need any sort of legislative um, 
uh, you know, or in any legislation um, to get those. Because, I mean, here's the thing. We don't want this to be an unfunded mandate on our schools. Right. All school districts are different. So these are recommendations. It's sort of like a best practice. Like, this is what we want you to do. Uh, since July, the number of school resource officers uh, on our school campuses have grown by 54 so I think that just speaks volumes to how seriously these schools and these superintendents and principals are taking this. Right. Um, they want this to be um, um, – they, they want these ideas. They want to be able to implement these ideas, and I think we're actually seeing that just from the initial draft. So the governor's thoughts are, look, we don't need to put this in legislation. Uh, we need to be able to give these school districts um, – the time, number one, and also sort of the latitude to be able to implement these things as they see best. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all. They may have to do something a little bit different. We talked about some of those commissioned uh, school resource officers, which would be faculty and staff uh, with that enhanced training, um, or a school resource officer. There's a lot of different ideas. There is one um, that the governor is going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, as far as a piece of legislation that he's going to add to his agenda, and that will be specifically on the school counselor part, uh, that we want to make sure that all superintendents give us a working plan for their school counselors that that identify you know, that they're spending a majority of their time with students. And that really is one of the biggest um, pieces to this whole thing because we want uh, school counselors, and we understand there's a difference between you know, uh, an actual – uh, mental health counselor and a mm-hmm. school counselor. We understand that. However, they are the absolute first um, sort of, uh, um, you know, I want to call it line of defense or whatever it might be, but that's who those students are going to go and talk to. And if there's an issue in the school or they see something going on with some students or they hear a rumor or something like that, they can go and talk to these students. And if they need to refer them out to some community counseling or whatever it might be, that's that's really our first line right there of protection, <laughs> that we can identify these things before they turn into a tragedy, uh, as we've seen in, in Florida and uh, Texas. Um, and, and so that's something we really, we really want to put a focus on, but of course, having added layers of security as the governor's always harped on, uh, is a really big focus of these 30 recommendations as well. All right. So that, that opens up a question in my mind about red flag laws. Is there anybody out there that are trying to, you know, tie what the governor would want to do with, with counselors at the schools and, uh, you know, red flag laws? The question was brought up in the news conference yesterday. Uh, People need to understand that this was very much uh, a narrowed focus, uh, and the the nature of the comprehensive report was about schools, inside schools, school facilities, school security, um, you know, what we can do to identify things more quickly. So the question was brought up, but that was not even a consideration in something like this. Because, again, we're talking about outside of the schools. That's a much broader... Um, conversation than what we're what we're having right here in our schools. So first and foremost, people need to keep that in mind. That's what the focus of this was. Um, <clears throat> the other part of it was the governor said all along that teachers should absolutely not be required uh, to carry a firearm. That's there, there's not a mandate. We're not saying teachers have to by any means. But if there's someone who's a teacher that may have had you know uh, a, a military background or someone who who has maybe a law enforcement background, uh, whether it's a 
you know, uh, uh, an assistant coach or or maybe, uh, you know, a member of the janitorial staff that, that has that ability that can go through that enhanced training, um, they should absolutely be able to do that. Um, you've got some groups like Moms Demand out there saying that we're, we're, we're arming teachers. We're not. We're not doing that. But we are giving schools the option to say, look, if you follow this enhanced training, um, these are some of your options that are more fiscally responsible for maybe a, a lower income school district and that sort of thing. And we want to be able to give them the latitude to do that. Now, as far as the red red flag laws are concerned, the governor's been very clear on that. Uh, He has no uh, desire uh, to do anything like that. Uh, His comments have been, if someone can show me a piece of legislation um, that uh, provides um, a a necessary due process, then, yeah, he'll take a look at it. But the reason he says that is because he's never seen one, uh, a piece of legislation that protects due process of an individual's rights. Um, so that's that was his response, um, and I think that will continue to be his response. You never want to say uh, um, just most things. You never want to say, I'm not even going to have a conversation, because we have debates all the time with members of our party and members of opposite party, and mm-hmm. it's good conversation, and it sharpens your argument and that sort of thing. But as of right now, there is no piece of legislation that the governor uh, would support out there having to do with red flag laws. Um, but certainly, he's always going to have conversations with folks just because that's the nature of being the governor. Uh, and you can have those debates and those conversations. But he's made his, uh, uh, he's made his um, um, perspective very clear to those does who he, Does he feel like there's members in the media that are trying to push him on this issue? You know, I don't know. I haven't talked to him specifically about you know about that. There are some members of the media that continue to bring that question up about red flag laws, um, and you know that's their right, and they can continue to ask about it. His answer is never going to change. Uh, it's the same thing. You know, bring me a piece of legislation that I see protects the due process of individuals. He hasn't seen any yet. I don't think there is one in the country, no matter what state has adopted them. Um, and so until that happens, that's the governor's answer and will continue to be the governor's answer. So All right. I just want to know, because typically what happens is somebody gets uh, gets a hot foot out there and they, sure. they continue to pester and continue to to kind of twist words that are being said. Yeah, and I think people, especially when you're talking about, um, and again, you got to separate the two. We're talking about school safety multiple layers, one of which is an armed presence on campus. Um, and then you get outside that and you start having the debate on guns and, and you know, you have the left talking about restrictions and, and that sort of thing. And people need to understand that as that debate continues, and it will forever be a debate because, I mean, as long as you've been alive, as long as I've been alive, you know, the gun debate has always um, been there and will continue to exist. But, um you know, the governor, uh, if you look back in 2017 legislature, uh, the governor uh, has expanded Second Amendment rights in Arkansas. No questions about it. Some people may um, have some dispute as to how it was done or maybe they want it to go further. But Arkansans have more have a more strengthened Second Amendment right in the state of Arkansas than they've ever had before. The governor's always been an advocate for Second Amendment rights. So you have to cut through some of the comments by those activists like Moms Demand and things like that that try to twist the governor's words. Uh, the governor's been very crystal clear on this. Um, and and obviously, being the governor, he'll continue to have those conversations about all kinds of legislation. doesn't mean he supports it. Um, so that's something just to keep in mind with folks out there. Quick question, and it's a story that broke a few weeks ago, and then we spent a lot of time on it last week. 
um, on other segments of my show about what has been going down in Forest City. Are you aware over there of how they've been reacting to concealed and open carry and giving people all kinds of grief about that? Uh, a little bit, but you update me on a little bit. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if the governor was aware that uh, there was uh, an arrest uh, a couple of uh, weeks back, a gentleman was open carrying, and, and now with open carry, we got not only you know Act Seven Forty Six on the books, but we've also had um, a decision made in appellate court here in the state that uh, says that carrying a, a gun on your uh, on your hip is not only legal; it's not even uh, to be you know considered a uh, a threat. Unless they know for a fact the right. person is there's some criminal intent involved. That's correct. Right. All right. So you, uh, but uh, Forest City has you know put, pulled this guy in. They put him through all kinds of grief. Uh, they took his uh, his gun from him, and when all of a sudden we started talking about it here on this show, and uh, it brought other people into the conversation. What happened is Forest City suddenly dropped all the charges. Mm. Uh, gave the guy a letter saying, uh, you know, there's nothing here. There was nothing yeah. that happened and whatnot. And now we're getting stories coming out of from other people that, you know, Forest City has been pretty aggressively trying to convince people that they can't uh, open carry. And secondly, they've been saying you got to have um, a license to be able to open carry. And the best way to get your license is to go to one of the classes run by one of the members of the uh, sheriff's department there in uh, wow. the Forest City area. Wow. No, I hadn't heard um, all of those details, and I don't know the governor's heard uh, those details as well. But I'll just tell you this. If you guys remember, you know, the governor earlier this year, he sent a directive to and, – and again, remember, as far as the governor's concerned – his his only directives uh, affect those of the Arkansas State Police. That's correct. And so he sent a directive uh, earlier in 2018 that basically said, uh, you know, don't do not arrest people just for open carrying. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to have that criminal intent behind them for for you to even approach the individual. Um, so the governor supports that and, and made that clear in that letter to the Arkansas State Police and Colonel Bryan over there. Um, so I, I again don't know all the details of what's going on in Forest City. That certainly sounds suspect to me for sure. Um, and there's not much we have uh, that we can say when it comes to counties. Uh, that has to do with you know, the prosecutors and and local law enforcement. But it's certainly something that uh, if if all of that is 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 the case, certainly suspect. And and someone should should definitely take a look into that because that that shouldn't be the case at all. And I think, like I said before, the governor's been very clear in his director to the state police on that. All right, J.R. Davis is our guest. He is the governor's spokesperson. He's joining us today. On the uh, Dave Ellswick Show, we got a lot more that we want to uh, cover today. When we come back, uh, let's take a look at uh, the Bush funeral has been going on. Um, Of course, uh, he was uh, uh, in the rotunda on Tuesday, yesterday in the cathedral. They had the service, Mm -hmm. national service today. They had service in Houston, and then they put him on the train yep. uh, and took him to his final resting place. So we'll talk about that because uh, the governor was there, evidently, on Tuesday. Is that right? Uh, Wednesday, yes. For Wednesday. The, uh, yesterday for the yesterday, funeral. That's he right. He was. Mm-hmm.
I get all <laughs> blown away. I, I forget what day it is. But JR is going to come back, and, and we'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. A great uh, announcement went out just yesterday, uh, excited announcing that it's acquired Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. Uh, for customers at Tommy's, you can rest assured the PI Roofing team plans to continue providing the highest quality gutter cleaning uh, service at a great value to you. You can learn more at piroofing.com. Uh, and with that recent purchase by PI Roofing Home Solutions, customers uh, out there can know that they can now ask through PI Roofing to have somebody come out and take care of their gutters. And uh, so you'll get that high-quality gutter cleaning service as well. They also, of course, offer comprehensive roofing and home repair expertise. Learn more at piroofing.com. All right, uh, 25 minutes uh, after the hour. Good to have you with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis is our guest, as he is on most Thursdays of the week. Uh, He's on at 2 o'clock, and then we repeat his uh, hour with us. Uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, so everybody gets as much of a chance to hear the show as possible so you know what's uh, going on in the governor's office. He is spokesman uh, for Asa, Asa Hutchinson. Uh, we just went through three days of uh, national mourning. Uh, yesterday, all government offices were uh, closed down, uh, but uh, I think they're open again today. Mm-hmm. So... Bring us up to date on uh, the governor, because the governor knew uh, George Bush fairly well, and um, also uh, the Bush family, and he was at the uh, the services on uh, Wednesday. Yes, he was. He um, uh, was really kind of a, a neat, I mean, obviously a, a sad day, but he lived an incredible life, mm-hmm. um, and the governor's relationship with uh, former President Bush dates back nearly 40 years ago um, and he likes to tell the story that you know the first time he ever met uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was when he was running against Reagan uh, in 1980 yeah. and he came to uh, a little get together in Bentonville and the governor remembers back then just kind of talks about how the state has changed when he came in it was about 15 people uh, at that event uh, for HW when, when he came to Arkansas in, in, uh, in the small town of Bentonville at the time. I guess it's still kind of small, but um, but anyway, so it started there. Uh, and then, of course, he came back in as vice president when the governor was running against Dale Bumpers for Senate. Mm-hmm. And the governor likes to uh, joke a little bit that he was an incredibly genuine and thoughtful individual. Um, and, and part of that was uh, you know, the fact that, as you know, he's a kind of a prolific note writer, um, would always write notes to people and was very thoughtful in what they were going through, whether it was an, uh, an election campaign or whatever it might be. Um, but, uh, he wrote a note to the governor in 1986 that he has, ha- uh, that he has hanging in his office there at the Capitol, uh, dated July 1st, 1986. Uh, said, Dear Asa and Susan, there was something special in the air tonight. Uh, the scent of victory, perchance. Uh, I loved being at your side. Best of luck, George Bush. Uh, mm-hmm. And the governor jokes that he's an incredibly genuine and thoughtful person, but not much of a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the that's governor true. did not did not win that race. No. But really, um, just throughout the years, 
you know, working closely with uh, George H.W. Bush in the 80s when he was U.S. attorney, um, and he was really leading the the uh, uh, the war on drugs at the time, and, and the governor dealt with him quite a bit then. Uh, then, of course, talk about the Bush family as a whole. He served as DEA administrator uh, under George W. Bush, uh, and then uh, under Secretary of Homeland Security for George W. Bush. So he has a lot of ties with the Bush family, and um, I think there was a great deal of sadness uh, just losing someone like um, uh, the the uh, elder Bush um, this last. Uh, or I guess, what was it, a couple weeks ago, I guess now. or uh, um, But anyway, I think just his statesmanlike uh, approach to things, just really the last of the World War II um, you know, presidents, uh, and just, just his whole life has been pretty incredible. And so I think you kind of miss having someone like that uh, on the world stage, if you will. Um, but anyway, it was, it was a good day. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit further about former President Bush and the media. We'll do that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you as we continue the Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis is here, the governor's uh, spokesperson. We've been talking about uh, the start of the show, went back and overlooked uh, red flag laws and things of that nature, talking about the safe school initiatives that was put together in the commission, gave him a report, the governor a report, talked a little bit about that. If you want to hear the complete show again, you missed part of it, you you just go to 101.1 FM, com, and you can find all of my shows there. They're all archived, and uh, you can listen to them in their entirety if you want to go back and, and catch what you may have missed. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, former uh, President George uh, Herbert Walker Bush and uh, how nice the media has been to him uh this week because i'm going to tell you what they were not nice to him uh when he was vice president they were absolutely just merciful uh, merciless uh to him when he was president and when he was running for re-election they just ripped him one side down the other i mean i was talking with uh, jr here a moment ago and the new york times or the people who uh, put that story together about how Bush was out of touch with the average American because he was just amazed at uh, the uh, laser readers that they had in in uh, grocery stores. And that's not why he was so amazed. He was amazed because he saw a new part of the technology for for reading, uh, you know, the, the scan, the, the, the groceries, in that you could rip up a receipt, throw it down on the, you know, the, what, what, what do you call that? Counter, thing? The or, counter whatever. or whatever, and uh, scan it, and it would put all the pieces together in the right order, and they could tell you exactly how much you paid and what you bought. Yeah. That's what he was amazed by. In fact, the guy who wrote the story for the New York Times was not there when it happened. It was just a sidebar story somewhere couple of inches nothing major and this guy made it into a huge story and the media painted him as out of touch with the average american yeah yeah it, it's remarkable to see how people are remembered versus you know the current time in office i guess you should say and of did course you hear what goodwin said about it no she said it just goes to show that democrats like republicans when they're dead 
<laughs> That's a pretty good line. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, obviously I think the media, and we talked about this too during the break, I think the media is doing it in some ways to jab at the current president yeah. and Donald Trump. But I do, I am glad to see that, you know, there's a closer review of really what his presidency was like uh, and the fact that I do believe he was uh, the right person for our country at that time. We talked about the Soviet Union pulling us out completely of the Cold War, the mm-hmm. uh, 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 Kuwait. Um, you know, I think just the foreign policy in general, I think, was what America needed at that time. Um, but of course, you know, everybody gets focused on the no new tax pledge, which was obviously a very big blunder. That was um, a, that was the worst. Yep. He got. He got that was his Ronald Reagan mistake about the border. I mean, mm-hmm. Reagan gave in to the Democrats on illegal immigration, and then uh, Bush said, you know, read my lips, no new taxes. Yep. And then he got suckered into signing a bill that brought on a whole lot of new yeah. taxes. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and then again, we talk about the 92 election, and there's so much... Oh, talk man. about Bill Clinton, the politician, and how good he was. However, if Ross Perot had never entered uh, the fray and, and and been part of that general election in 1992, we may never never have heard of uh, Bill Clinton because when you have a guy who captures <laughs> 18% of the popular vote, um, there's a very good chance that George H.W. man-to-man, uh, mano-a-mano, if you will, would have taken that in a landslide. So I think I think that you know that election <laughs> itself is a – is a difficult measurement of the man and his presidency. Um, I think that, you know, if you compare one-term presidents, at least in modern history, I think most would say that Jimmy Carter's was a disaster. Yep. But I don't think people say that about George H.W. Bush. Not in foreign and, policy, yeah, at least. especially. And, um, and so I, I think that it was. it's good to see that reflection on on who he is and and what his president was presidency was like so many years later but i agree i think a lot of the the jabs and things like that uh from the media are specific to donald trump and it's and it's unfortunate that you know i think president trump has handled all of this really really well um talked about how he's really sort of bent over backwards for whatever the bush family you know, needs um and i think he's just been you know very presidential and 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 this is a tough situation i think anytime you have all the presidents together it's um it's probably a strange situation and i think he's handled it well so it's 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 frustrating in one way that they they use this time to kind of jab the current president um, but i do appreciate that there's this you know fonder remembrance of of 41 because i think he was definitely deserving of that well he was he was a true uh patriot i mean he was yeah. the youngest fighter pilot in the pacific during world war ii was shot down rescued yep. uh, came out of that and uh, then he you know as a lot of people may not know he served as head of the CIA. Uh, he served not as ambassador to China because we didn't have diplomatic relations with him at the time. But he did uh, live in China and mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, the man who spoke for the president to the ambassador there. And then uh, was vice president and then, of course, was president. So as a guy who, you know, served his country there's nothing to dispute about that. No, and it's the it's we talked about this again during the break, but you know, it's just this is 
he was the last of the World War II presidents. Um, you know, I think his public service for H.W. Bush takes on a different, um, I think, definition for him and that generation than it does with the presidents we've had since. No, Maybe I Because agree. I think true service uh, has been throughout his life. And, and you mentioned all the other things he did. I mean, that was public service all along the yep. way. Um, and no, none of those jobs were easy jobs. Uh, and so I think just, again, like I said, being able to s- sit back and reflect on his presidency uh, is good for all the American people, especially the younger generations who don't remember him or remember what <laughs> that was like. And, um, and I thought... You know, George W. Bush did a phenomenal job with his eulogy. Uh, I think it just talks about really the tight knit uh, family that they have there with the Bushes and, yep. and what he meant to their family, and obviously remembering Barbara Bush as well. And so it was it was a very very touching um, ceremony uh, or service yesterday. And, and I know the governor was just glad to be able to represent Arkansas there. Just looking up at the uh, television here in the studio and the. Uh the train that is making its way to College Station and the final resting place for uh, uh, former President Bush. And if I'm right, I think I heard that the engine pulling that train originally came from Little Rock. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's fascinating. That's what I did. Very what I, cool. I had, I had heard. So that's, uh, that's something to think about as well. Now, it was here in Little Rock and then it went down to somewhere in Texas where it was on display there, and then they're using it now to, to take it to, to College Station. I'm kind of uh, interested that it's not a uh, uh, steam locomotive kind of chugging yeah. out there because a lot of times they try to do that yeah. because they, they want to take you back to Lincoln Yeah, and how yeah. they took Lincoln's yeah. his final – Resting place by train, yeah, and uh, people would line line the roads, and they got pictures they're showing of that, and it's happening again. You well, know? I'll tell you, there's um, been a lot of moving moments throughout the last week or so. Oh yeah, um, but man, powerful when you had former Senator Bob Dole um, be oh, lifted from his up, chair yeah, and, and salute, salute the casket of, of George H.W. Man, that was, uh, if that had not move you, uh, there's something wrong with you. It was just, it was a, a very incredible, especially if you know the relationship between those two. Um, it wasn't, uh, uh, I believe it was, it was at 88 when uh, Dole ran against H.W. Uh, mm-hmm. in the primary and it was heated and, and he was not a fan of, of Bush. No. Um, and that, that my understanding if i remember everything correctly there were you know he had some exchanges and so i think when you talk about just moving past politics and and standing up and 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 taking all the strength he had just to stand up and salute the man who was once you know a foe in many ways um is really pretty incredible it was just a very moving moment it's the same thing about uh, you know a lot of people thought there would be a lot of pushback from the bush family about whether president trump should be at the uh, funeral, and from what I've read, uh, that uh, you know George Bush, uh, as I call him George Bush Senior, called his family together. They knew that he was getting weak, and he told them in no uncertain terms that President Trump was to be at his funeral. Yeah, this from a man who voted for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I mean, they had they had he had that much respect 
for the office for the, office. the presidency. Yeah, and I and I you know I think again that that last sort of decision, if you will, really sort of encompasses the personality How he felt, yeah, and and his thoughtfulness and and genuine affection for people, but also you're right, the respect for the position of the president, and um, and I thought again, you know, forever and always, decisions aside, people may have different opinions, but George W. Bush will always be one of my favorite people. Uh, I think that he had a very difficult presidency especially with 9-11 and, and Katrina and things like that. Um, but I think he's handled all of this really, really well. And he's he's the he's sort of the you know patriarch, if you will, now yeah. of the family. And uh, kind of taking on that of, of Barbara and George. And um, I thought just going up and shaking all of the former president's hands and, and just the way they've truly just kind of the way all of this has been handled, um, I think speaks well of the country. Um, and, and shows, and, and this is remarkable too, Dave. I mean, look at the United States versus the other countries in the world. To be able to have your former presidents, you know, all come together uh, for the passing of a president. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it just a, really is sort of a powerful um, image to see all of that. And I think that it could have gotten political. And I think it was really could have come um, a encouraging. Lot, a lot more than it was, exactly. for sure. It was very encouraging to see it all unfold that way. All right, J.R. Davis, our guest, uh, he and I will take a small break here, and then we'll come back and finish it up today on this Thursday. Don't forget about Sunday's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Get yourself a well-maintained uh, part from a total loss vehicles because you know vehicles stop for two reasons. One, you drive the wheels off of them, or two, you're in a wreck and you can't. You know they say it's been it's been totaled. It's those total vehicles. That Sonny's gets a hold of, and they test all of the parts that weren't uh, involved in the wreck and make sure that they're working the way they're supposed to, and then they resell them. And you can get some of those resold parts, like I just did with my uh, Acadia. Uh, got a, uh, a transmission uh, from a, a car that only had like 21,000 miles on it, and they put it in my car because my transmission was starting to show some wear and tear. And... Uh, the total cost of the transmission, having it put in, having it reflashed, was uh, about $2,300. If I had done it by putting in a rebuilt transmission and everything that goes with that, it would have been $5,000. And on top of that, I got a three-year parts and labor unlimited mileage warranty uh, with Sonny's Auto Salvage. You can get the same kind of uh you know, uh, service from them, just call 982-7451. That's 982-7451. All right, JR, let's finish it up by talking about some changes that are going on. Several people from several different uh, commissions are uh, calling it quits. Uh, uh, was it Gail? Uh, was it Gail Stone? Gail Stone yes. with Apers. That's the uh, uh, Arkansas Public Employee Retirement System. Um, you know, obviously in, in Arkansas, uh, uh, as a public employee, you can retire after 20 years or excuse me, 28 years. Um, uh-huh. and she is, I believe right past that. And I guess made the decision that she wanted to retire. I think there were some conversations about sort of what's next and how long she just made the decision that, you know, time is good now. And so she is stepping down. Yeah, and pop panelists in that that uh, marijuana. Yeah, James Miller, yes. two of them, yeah. or three, I guess. Three was people. It? Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. So that's again, I think that obviously 
we've talked about this um you and i have and and of course um you know the governor has talked about this too that this was just a really big undertaking and and in 2016 when this was passed i think that you know people say well oklahoma got it all up and ready so fast and that sort of thing but we, we wanted to do this um in a way that reflected the will of the people and the will of the people is for medicinal marijuana and um and i and essentially what you're doing is creating sort of a mini fda uh in the state of arkansas and it took a lot of man hours and it took a lot of work from a lot of people to try to get this up and running to a point where now they believe that they'll be able to have that medicinal marijuana ready to go by spring of next year uh for um as far as you know those who have the cards and that sort of thing are able to get it uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know all the reasons behind it. I know that um, it's just been a lot of work <laughs> from those commissioners. Um, there's been some questions and there's been some controversy and that sort of thing. But I think that uh, all in all, it's been a lot of work, and I think many of them are probably ready to uh, to move on and, and bring in some some fresh blood well, to M- take Miller's this to the spring. kind of interesting because he still had two years to go when they drew right. their names out. They drew numbers. And uh, most of them took two years, but mm-hmm. one person got four years, and Miller got yeah. four. But he's getting out because evidently he has uh, – uh, they have uh, adopted a child, and that wasn't on the front burner right. at that time. And now right. he wants to have time with – I think it's his daughter is what I heard. Yeah, and I, I, and I think what you just said is, is – absolutely accurate in the fact that you know life goes on there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of work uh, that went into this and i think maybe maybe some uh some more work more than what was anticipated oh yeah um and so i think there are some folks say look we've gotten us to this point um and like i said before they believe that it'll be up and running by the spring and so i think it's just time for some of those folks to say look i you know i've done i've done my work uh we've gotten it to this point and it's time to to walk away and let some new folks folks um you know take a crack at it and shepherd it through uh the spring so um you know i I think that uh and that's the way it should be you know to some degree bring people have to get things up and off the ground and and then bring new people in and and let them uh move that forward so uh yeah there's been some uh, and not necessarily um you know I think when you get to this time of year before a big session and that sort of thing, you have a lot of changeover. Um, uh, but obviously we're seeing it uh, from some commissioners and, and the head of some agencies and things like that. So, um, But I think that uh, obviously I think the commission is in good hands uh, to finish that work and get it up and going. And obviously I think APERS, uh, they'll find the, the right person to take that over. And um, and, it, and I, as far as you know, the, the dollar figures it deals with, it's just, just below – um, that of the uh, um, ATRS, the Teacher Retirement System. Right. So they have just a bit less money than that, but it's obviously a very big um, uh, fund management. And so we'll uh, obviously, um, um, APERS will do their due diligence in finding the next person to lead them forward. Has the governor been in touch with the Arkansas uh, transportation folks? Uh, talking to them about I-30, this whole big project that's coming up, big story in the paper, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. going to be spent on that. And there seems to be some people that are sitting in the wings just ready to throw wrenches into all of this. I think you could say that on a lot of issues going into 2019. Uh yeah, I mean, I think at this point, the governor, as we get closer to the session, will roll out his full agenda 
Uh, we've talked about sort of the four T's that will kind of headline that with transportation, transformation, tax cuts, and teacher pay. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll roll out a fuller list um, of what his focus will be for 2019. Um, but like I said, I think we're in an environment right now where um, just with a lot of different things going on that this is going to be a uh, I think it will be a very productive and successful session, but there will um, be some difficulties. And I think that no matter what the issues are, uh, you can certainly bet that we're we're already looking uh, forward to those. And I shouldn't say looking forward to them, but we are certainly keeping an eye on all of that and want to make sure we get the uh, uh, the job done for the people of Arkansas. So. All right. We've got one minute left, so let me just throw this. Uh, Sixteen bills have already been filed, yeah. a yeah. couple of uh, – Things that they like to see as initiated acts, anything the governor's saying, and he's already scratching his head and saying, okay, what is this all about? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's sort of the uh, par for the course when we enter a session. you got to start keeping your eye on all the bills that are filed and that sort of thing. But the only thing the governor said publicly um, is that, you know, obviously any, any highway plan – um, that obviously raises the taxes on the people of Arkansas should go to the people of Arkansas mm-hmm. so they can and it should be clear uh, people should know exactly what they're voting for but they should be the ones that get a vote in this um, and that's what he said and I think that's what he's still focusing on so we will see um, it's sort of we need a giant sifter Dave uh, to go through <laughs> these pieces of legislation because there's does it, does 16 go- right now will turn into thousands oh, very, be at very least soon. 2,000 yeah. by the time the, the session's over. Does the, the governor have a group of people that literally sit and read those things every day? Yeah, yeah. Well, the governor has uh, different departments on his staff. Obviously, I had communications. Uh, Karen Watley heads our um, legislative affairs uh, department. That consists of our liaisons and budget director and that sort of thing. And so um, they'll go through that, and they'll give the governor a summary and, and thoughts on each bill that, that's filed. So he'll be keeping up with that. Every time there's a bill filed, we'll, we'll be able to kind of go through it and, and figure out where we stand on it because we will get asked. <laughs> All right. We will see you again next Thursday. Right. You have a great week, and we'll catch up with you again. Thanks, Dave. For the uh, the hour. We appreciate you. Have a good one. I got the right view coming on next, unless you're listening at 5 o'clock, and we're repeating the show that we did at 2 at this time. See you in a moment. All right. We move into the second hour of the show, and the right view is here. Uh, boy, I've got... Right really, view light. Yeah, I got, a, I got a really bad uh, uh, allergy problem going on. I've been eating these things. Mm, uh, Claritin? I, 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 it's, well, it's equate. She likes that salami. Yeah, she's enjoying <laughs> doing that. Anyway, uh, kind of interesting because I've been taking those every three hours. The Benadryls? Yeah, trying to keep. And you're the, still awake? This, this whole, oh, I could take whole, a bottle and be awake. They did the opposite to me. I oh, got really? this whole thing of this drainage stuff that's going on. So Aww. if you hear me coughing during the show, I'll turn off my mic, but you may hear coughing in the background. That's me. Just know that I am I got something going on with sinuses. I was just talking to J.R. Davis, who was just on. He's got the same thing going on. There's some kind of allergy do, yeah. thing going yeah. on. My daughter's gymnastics coach and his daughter are getting over a sinus infection. Real bad. Yeah. I've been lucky so far. I have not, knock on wood, gotten sick yet. All right, so Shelly and Amy are here today. Right now, Hannah's not here, and we're not sure she's going to show up. We know that she was in finals, and mm-hmm. she's in law school. It's her first year, so I'm sure that uh, she's taking as much time as she feels she needs to uh, be up on her courses. Elizabeth cannot be here today. 
she is covering a lot of things that are happening over, excuse me, in Faulkner County. And uh, you'll be reading about those on uh, social media. So keep your eyes open for that. So it's just Shelly and it's just Shelly with an I. And, of course, y. Amy, or Y, pardon me, I said with an I, mm-hmm. with a Y. And it Amy with Amy a Y. Amy with a Y because Amy can't be spelled oh. with an I-E. Yeah, who is who is the... Uh, or an E-E. There's a rock and roll singer that was A-M-I. Mm. It was a female. And I forget I well, who she was. I can't you remember You know, she's an Amy Joe, and I'm a Shelly Joe. How cool is that? And that's kind of interesting because she was born in the East. Yeah. So yeah. that's not a southern yeah, thing for her. Yeah, this is true. You yeah. want to hear how I got my name? Yes. Okay. Remember last week we were talking about how, you know, about soap operas and my mom used to watch Uh-oh. soap operas? Here we go. There was a, a um, an actress by the name of Amy Lovett. Yeah. That used to that be, mm-hmm. I think it was, maybe it was One Life to Live, maybe. I could be wrong. My mom could, could tell me otherwise. But that's where I got my first name from. Because she, she was a big fan. Mm-hmm. And my middle name came from a shortened version of my maternal mother's maiden name, which was Josephine. Thank God she cut it down. <laughs> so her name was Beatrice Josephine. Uh-huh. And so I'm Amy Joe. That's where I got okay. my name. Well, I was supposed to be a boy. This was back when they didn't have the test to be able to see, you know, what the sex and... Of course, they had my sister. She was Shannon, and then I was going to be Shane. Okay, and they just knew it was a boy until they gave birth to me. And my dad admitted to me like ten years ago. He cried when he found out I was a girl. And then, the, and then he got over it real quick. But his name's Joe, so they named me Shelly Joe. And then, of course, Maya, my daughter, is M Y A Maya. And then we named her Maya Joe. And uh, it's kind of a theme. It is a theme, and uh, Maya actually got off of, I don't know if anybody out there remembers the show Six Feet Under on HBO from back in, oh my God, the best show on earth besides The Sopranos, and uh, Nate, and uh, the guy Nate, and and then the other girl, I can't remember her name now, in the show, uh, they had Lisa. They had a daughter named Maya, and they named her Maya, and I thought, that was like, gosh 10 years before i even got pregnant and or well not 10 but several thought man if i'm ever lucky enough to have a girl i'm gonna name her that now you know why i used to like that show is because of the every week there was a different opening of somebody getting killed in a weird crazy way yeah that that one when they were out in vegas the girls and they were all yes that they were in the limo and they had their heads out of the and she didn't see the sign. Oh, yes. She just whacked her in the head and killed her. <laughs> well, yeah. for people who don't know what Six Feet Under was about, it was about a family that owned a funeral home. Yes. Okay? And, y'all, it I'm not kidding. The writers on that show are genius. What's so funny, where I work they at Melbourne twisted. at that restaurant at the country club there yeah. at Hawk's Nest, there's a family that eat there all the time. And everybody in Melbourne knows each other. I figured that out. It's very small. It's like, they're all... And everybody's related, and they're and they're all the nicest people. But they own a funeral home, and I was just talking about Six Feet Under to them the other day because I was like, if y'all haven't seen that show, y'all need to like, because I mean, they literally like live that, you know. It seems that it went two or three seasons. It went four, four or five, four? yeah. The four guy or five. who played I was David is the guy who ended up playing Dexter. Dexter. Yes, yeah. Oh, Dexter's now, a good show. And then, oh yeah. And now he's on a new show, and it's on. Um, 
I think it's Netflix. It's called Safe. Yeah, is that good? It's okay. I, mean, I, I thought about it. You know, I started watching the house, the haunting of Hill House uh-huh. on Netflix, and I am so like I almost didn't come today. I you're, almost you're hooked on it, huh? <laughs> yes, to finish. But I was like, no, you're I have tra- responsibilities. <laughs> you're trying. You're saying that you almost got caught binging. Yes, huh? yes, it was so good. It, it was. You know, y'all need to y'all need to watch it. That's a good one. The last oh, yeah. one that I have binged on is that Britannica. The one is about Britain. I think that's on Amazon, though, that I was watching that. It's, oh. it's about the second time that the Romans came to what became Great Britain and were taking on the, uh, you know, the backwoodsmen and all of that stuff and the Druids. You uh-huh. guys were talking about that on um, the day on Tuesday. Uh, something about it. Uh, uh, yeah, Carl Kimball was, was talking Carl about, about it, and he was he you know, first is that Julius Caesar went there first, okay? Mm-hmm. He got there. And the Druids freaked the him Druids out. And the Druids freaked him out so much that he just turned around and went back home. Maybe we all need right. to get some Druids at the border. Didn't want, well, they're all dead. Darn it. Because the second time the they came, Claudius sent them. And uh, they just went in and took no quarter. They just killed as many people as they could kill. Mm-hmm. They killed the Blue Lady and all of that. It was... But it's a, they, they get a series, and the first the season is done, and it's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Hmm. I might have to watch that. Yeah, you got to watch it. It, it. It's not for your daughter, though. Okay? Right, okay. Not something so, she should be watching. Gotcha. It's, historic, it's pretty historically is, correct. But is it, it kind of like any of the of the shows on like Game of Thrones where it can get a little dicey? Well, I've never seen an episode yeah, of that. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like Vikings and yes, Game of Thrones. Get, that gets a little risque. Well, it can get risque, but it gets violent. really violent. But, yeah. I mean bloody 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 violent i mean you're talking about people hacking each other with you know swords and spears yeah and stuff yeah and you know the romans used to have those which i never understood this instrument they used but they had that big big crossbow that would mm-hmm. shoot the really big arrow yeah and i never understood how that was going to be some really something to be really worried about but uh you know it's got people getting hit by that and it like picks them up off their feet and impales them to the to a tree or something like that kind of like that wind did to me uh thanksgiving weekend in branson i went to going to mcdonald's i got swept up a little i kind of did a tumble it was a little embarrassing that wind i mean i swear to god a gust it of like 70 miles it like picked me up in a way i've like fell well, into I, the door I'll give you I'll, a few of my pounds that you might not fly away <laughs> no i literally like i swear to god is the worst wind gust i've ever experienced in my life it was like a full 70 mile an hour wind gust we got those up here all the time you, well this is bad the, you get on the hill up here you understand that where you're at right now when you're standing outside you're at the you highest said that, place yeah in uh, Little Rock. Yeah. Really? You think you would be downtown with the skyscrapers. Not downtown, true. it's windy, too. But I tell you, the Ozarks, you get up in northern Arkansas where I am. Woo! Wind tunnel. Oh, God, y'all. And it hurt. It's mean. It is so mean. It hurts. It's it up just like hurts. A, where I grew up at in Chicago. Yeah. Well, the, when we were in. Tunnel. Yeah, when mm-hmm. we were, um, you know, there in uh, South Haven, 
There's some tall buildings. South Haven, uh, Michigan. Let's clear that not, up. Not, not Mississippi. Not we had a big uh, debacle. Everybody thought I was going messenger. to South Haven, Mississippi. No, my husband is uh, is working in a nuke plant up in South Haven. Yeah. But anyway, when we were in town, um, it would be like calm. You know, and then we we go around a corner. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I was like, and, then, and talk about, you know, right. Because the, the lake's not far. You know, getting down on that pier. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I got, I got doused by a breaker. It, it, oh, we were walking down the dang. pier and as part of Lake Michigan went. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, ah, you know, oh, it was so that was cold Thanksgiving that. weekend, huh? Yeah. yeah. Was, you know, so the wind was just out in full yeah. force. It just comes off that. And then, so if, even if it's, even if the air temperature's like, you know, 40 degrees, the wind chills like yeah. 20 or yeah. 30, depending on how fast so, the wind's blowing. Great story. I had a uh, a girlfriend in college. I know that's hard to right, believe, but I, did. Okay. <laughs> I had a, I had a girlfriend in college, and she had never seen any amount of snow, big amount of snow, and so I took her home with me uh, to, to to meet the parents and to go up and see Chicago, and they had just had fourteen inches fall, and I took her downtown, and she shows up, and, and I said, "You ready to go?" And she goes, "Yeah, I'm at." And she walks out into our, our living room, and she's got like a pea coat on, and I said, "You do have something warmer than that to wear, right?" And she goes, "Well, no, I I just figured this would be fine." The wind chill that day downtown Chicago oh, oh was twenty three oh, below zero. Oh, All right, no. I go, no, I go. You know, Liz, that's not going to work. To where, like, if you're even exposed for just a few that's minutes, you're frosted. That's here. Yeah. I can't even imagine so going in it. My, my mom gives her one of the her ski jackets and stuff to wear and you know, toboggan to wear on her. She came out. She looked like the, the kid from A Christmas Story. Yeah. Couldn't move, right? Yeah. And, uh, she we didn't went, lick any poles, did no, she? No, no. Okay. That that's another story but i was um oh, yes, i took story. her i took her down downtown and i went to see uh what was it the uh, the sting with paul newman mm. and robert redford and we're walking to the, the state theater where we went to see it and by the time we got there you would have thought that we were rejects from a movie that came out years <laughs> later called uh, Dumb and Dumber. Right. Remember when they uh, rode yeah. on the, yes. the, the, <laughs> the motorcycle through the, the, the mountain maybe passes in the world and, and they had funny. all the snot frozen on their faces? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we looked. Because it was just so cold down there. And that wind coming off the lake is brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, can only imagine. It's like being hit by knives. It really I'm is. I'm getting cold just thinking about you know, it. doing that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, she never said uh, she wanted to ever go back to Chicago. Yeah, I bet. That it wasn't a pleasant experience. you know, experience. they hadn't had a chance to clean off the sidewalks, and you had to walk through the snow, <sighs> yeah. and the wind's blowing, and it's picking up the snow and blowing it in your face and everything. It's like sand. And I said, you enjoying this? Shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have been giving you your walking papers. That relationship at that point. didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I was I'm just gonna, saying. Okay, that was over. We got there, and I asked could, her, she couldn't overcome the weather. No, could not. That mm-hmm. she, she, she. No, she's no count. Yeah, I took her in and gave her um, a, a big old cup of hot chocolate at the theater and just to thaw yourself out. <laughs> and she was, she was, ex- she was excited because she found that the movie was two hours and forty minutes, so, so she, she could thaw out. She didn't have to go back outside again <laughs> for at least that long. But yeah, it was really bad. That, mm-hmm. was, that was bad. Talking about sticking your tongue on the flagpole, Gene Shepard wrote the book uh, in, God, in God We Trust All Others Cash, which is Christmas story the book is yeah. based on. 
and it takes place in Hammond, Indiana. I didn't know if you guys knew I that think or I not. Yes. Yeah, I knew that. And yes. that was Harding element. Now, it was not Harding because they filmed the movie in Cleveland for some reason. But I went to Harding Elementary when I was a kid. And all that movie is the truth. All the things that you saw going on. Even the leg the lamp? Yes. Wow. The leg lamp. All what a all classic. What was really cra- crazy about that is that I remember my father, I never would hear him ever cuss except when the oil heater would screw up and he had to go just down. Like it, like. <laughs> just like the guy in the movie, you know. I just were, cracked were you, me up. were you scared to go in the basement? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. always. The basement was really small, yeah. dark, dank. Not cool. Just like, Not just cool. like, you know, that one in Christmas Vacation. I mean, those are iconic. Just, it never gets old. Never. But the, the Santa Claus display, that was. With uh, the slide? That's true. That's exactly the the Santa display I saw many, many times when I was that's a kid. That's wild. I and, didn't know But I never that. got Santa's boot to the face, okay? <laughs> that never. I want a Red Go Rider in. BB gun. Yeah. You'll put your eye out. You'll Boom, shoot right your in the eye face, out. You know? Yeah, but the and the part about did you guys have the boots the galoshes, we call them galoshes and did you pull over and had the metal things that clipped across the front to keep Mm-mm. them on you? I didn't have those. Not that I well, recall. The problem with them is that they would get all full of snow and ice, yeah. and they would freeze, and it was almost impossible to we get them off. We just had those off. stupid boots that you had pulled on over your shoes. The first pair, yeah, the first pair of boots that were like faux fur lined that just zipped up the side yeah. i thought i was yeah i was uptown or something but the ones that didn't zip and your mom done put four pairs of socks on each feet and you can't or, get those suckers or up. Or, <laughs> or did yeah. you ever did you're you, wore out by the time you get yeah. dressed did you ever um to keep the 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 moisture out did you ever put bread sacks over your socks and then put your boots on no i've not I heard wish that. I thought of that i do know my uh uh josh's grandmother she th- this was in her older years um back when we were still together and uh we would go to her house christmas eve she forgot to thaw the bread so she threw it in the dryer oh Lord. <laughs> yeah so can only imagine what that she thought was a genius which i thought that's kind of smart but of course it didn't work you know <laughs> melted on the side of the bag <laughs> melted to the side she, of the dryer she put all the threw all the bread in the dryer oh, yeah it was oh, a bad wow. deal it was a bad deal yeah it'd be kind of crummy it's about as bad yeah we couldn't eat it yeah, yeah it was yeah all right let's take a quick break then we'll come back and we'll actually talk about something serious here on the dave ellswick show did you know there's 567 different ways they claim your Social Security benefits, 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook. And to make matters worse, your own government has told the Social Security Administration that they are forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. So, what do you do? Here's what you do. You turn to David Lucas, David Lucas Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, and uh Learn how you can uh, wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits with the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. You can get a free copy of it. Be one of the first 10 callers now at 501-653-6690. Don't leave any money on the table. Know what is rightfully yours. Call 501 653 6690 your visit davidlucasfinancial.com all right article today in the uh, drudge report i think we're all familiar of 
with yellow vest over in, in Paris, right? Paris, Paris. Yeah. gay Paris. Are you oh, familiar? Okay, what now? Okay, the yellow vest uh, riots that are going on. Okay, about Paris. the gas tax. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, carbon tax. The, All right. Yeah, they're pissed. Can hear, I say that? Did you hear how how much? Yeah, how how high they look for a gallon of gas to be? Seven dollars a gallon. Jeez. It's like the sixty percent markup or something. Yeah, it's it's, it's, ho- huge. it's horrible. Now they've dropped it right now. Yeah, they did because it they, for just for six months. Yeah, but you know what? These he, people aren't tolerating well, it. Well, they, my, my they thought, or whatever his name is. He says here's what he's he's telling people. As soon as you, you know, understand how well this will mm-hmm. do us, you'll want this to be the law of the land. Uh, they're still burning stuff down in Paris, Paris right now. There's thirty eight thousand security people on the streets trying to get it under control. I heard there were some security people that actually took their equipment off and joined the protesters. I can imagine. It's like watching, uh, what was that musical about over in Paris? Les Miserables. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like You know like what? This could right very well be uh, but you know, is, uh, uh, you know, the French Revolution part due. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I think there's something to that because, honestly, I mean, this right here is exposing socialism at its finest. I mean, and these people are hating it. You know what I think is sad? Yes, is they're they mad, what I think is, I don't blame them. And I think it's sad is that they overthrew the monarch, monarchy for socialism. If yeah. they just couldn't have seen, but they what see we it now. Had, yeah, you know, over yeah. here. No, but yeah. you know, when you have this great gulf betwixt you call the Atlantic Ocean, you know, they didn't know what was going on over here. Probably, there's changes going on in Europe. Though. Yeah, big changes, and they're coming towards didn't, the the right yeah, side. Sweden, uh, Sweden has a conservative government now, don't they? Didn't they have uh, elections and it, they got some more conservative people over there in Sweden? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean there they're, is a they're movement. kind of backing away some uh, from it. It's not like they're wholeheartedly. No, I, I mean, away. Yeah, but they're they're seeing, you know, they're but seeing what's Brexit going on over here. And, Brexit. Yeah, I mean, there is a kind of a, a, a mini revolution. I think it'll eventually turn out into a huge one over there in Europe right now, going on. And it's been going on, and it's Apparently, really going on now and with this you know, Paris course, thing. That's a big deal with this yeah. tax thing. And then, I mean, these people are they just got the government to back off this tax? What I think, for six what I think is a slap in the face to Macron. I think is funny is that it's the Paris Climate Accord. Yeah, right. and he's trying to tax his people to 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 meet do, to, the requirements for the parent climate right. Accord. Right. All right. I've been told that we got to get our break in because we're coming up on the news. I'm not paying attention to the clock. <laughs> I do that at the bottom of the hour a lot. But let's find out what's going on in the news. Probably something about Bush riding the train to his final resting place. All right. Don't forget about Aero Plumbing, 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with their service that they've done for you, if they provide it, they're going to refund all of your money. If their plumber smokes, even swears in your home, doesn't wear their shoe covers, or they find out that they weren't drug tested, you don't pay for the service that time either and finally if a repair fails in the first year they'll repair it again at no charge whatsoever here's the one that my wife really likes the clean home guarantee you know whenever you do plumbing work some dirt nasty water usually is involved or whatever they guarantee that their expert will clean up after himself or herself and leave your home clean or They're going to send a professional to clean your entire home. 
That's how much Earl is dedicated to making his customer base happy. Uh, Earl Donaldson is the man who got uh, Arrow Plumbing started. I've known Earl now for 15 years, and uh, they're the only plumbers that I use. That's Arrow Plumbing. Get their, uh, you know, phone number, website, all the rest. Just go to uh, aeroplumbing.net or look for it under uh, Google and just type in Arrow Plumbing, and you'll get all the necessary information that uh, you can use. All right, so you all have been watching all the coverage of, uh, you know, former President uh, Bush's funeral. Uh, You've heard all the accolades that have been (laughs) just shoveled upon uh, the former uh, president. The one thing that I have wanted to throw up on is that, that, uh, of course, the media hate it. Former President Bush. Right. Do you remember how much crap they gave him right. when he was VP? Do you remember when he was running yes. for president and yes. all the crap they get him? They make me want to puke. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. I mean, words made, right out of my mouth. They're, they're doing this. You understand? This is just a backhanded attempt against President Trump. Trump. Exactly. Like they're trying to act like okay, this one's not politicized. You know, McCain's funeral, by the way, lasted three weeks. Okay, and Bush, <laughs> the Bushes. I just want to point out the guy died last Friday. So okay, it was really kind of Saturday morning ish. So we're not even a weekend, and this guy was the president of the United States. But let me just point out that's how you do it. That's a class act, and and George. George W. Bush, there's no more bigger fan on this planet than me of him. And I did not watch the actual funeral part because I didn't want to see him cry. Like, it would break my heart. That's how mm-hmm. much I love George W. Bush. Y'all don't understand. Like, I defend him like he's my daddy or something, like, seriously. But I told you my story about George. No. He was running against, uh, who was it, that, uh, the female, Richardson. And uh, he was running oh, was against governor. Her, and, governor. Yeah, and yeah, governor, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was on a radio station in Wichita Falls at that moment. And the, the, the talk studio, if you open the door, you walked right out into the parking lot. And I'm, I'm sitting there doing my show on uh, KOFT or whatever. I forget what, what the call letters are now. Time has passed. But uh, there's a knock at the door. Now, the my listeners can hear the guy knocking at my door or the lady or whoever it was and i opened it up and it was uh, it was george w bush he was just <laughs> I would have he was driving out. through wichita falls heard me talking about ann richards and and the race and then i was all in for george w bush and he says i heard you talking about me can i join you <laughs> I wow, I can That's see cool. he, he sat down and spent two hours with me. Well, you know, and I, I won't go so into cool. all the reasons why I am literally as I would cut off my right arm to meet him. Like, that's how bad I would love to just to meet the man. But that all aside, the bottom line is the media, you watch MSNBC. I mean, okay, Dave, Joe Scarborough, Mika Krasinski, like literally MSNBC, CNN, the Today Show, Savannah Guthrie, they are popping sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns, daisies, red roses, Up you name it. Butt. Yes. yes. Through the airways saying this is how the days of Reagan and Tip O'Neill are over. They never <laughs> mention Trump's name, okay, mind you, purposely, yeah. purposely. And they're trying to convince everybody out there, even the people who's lived through it, they're, they're actually like, 
kind of convince them like these people are forgetting like this they're brainwashing us people like they're trying to convince you that, that, that they're rewriting there was history. a time they're rewriting it that there was a time <laughs> that there was civility no there wasn't they hated george herbert walker bush they hated ronald reagan they hated hated never yeah, hated they, anybody they, more than george w bush until trump came along this was about trump and trying to draw a distinct line and say we are now past this civil time in America, blah, blah, blah. And I want to, as you said, throw up. Yeah, it's true. Period. Mm-hmm. And this has been about chunks, Trump for the right. media. Yeah, don't, no don't forget that this, uh, that George W. was the president who got us through 9-11. Thank you. And I thank and God I every day for him. under the man. I, I have I still have friends who are military that are still active duty or reserves um, that are just recently retired. My my old platoon sergeant just retired as a sergeant first class a few like a year or so ago. We got to serve under him, but they also had to serve under Obama. How utterly despicable yeah. that man was. And but you had to you know you had to respect the office even if you didn't respect the man. No, commander in chief. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. There, there, night and day, 180 degrees difference between George W. Oh, Bush yeah. and oh, Barack yeah. Obama. Well, take me for instance. I went in. Jimmy Carter was president. Oh, I'm right. Sorry. You know, I I swore that I would never see a president as bad as Jimmy Carter. I never lived long enough to see another terrible president like that. And then along came Obama. Oh yeah, he was worse. I'm just but saying, was worse. but you got yeah. I but mean, you got to you got you. When did you come in to the 1977. service? Okay, so he had just gotten elected, so you had to withstand Jimmy Carter. But, but then, then Ronald, Ronald Reagan. 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 Oh my Ooh. God! Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Yes, Reagan, I remember, and I remember Ronald. I remember being in fourth grade, and I remember the returns coming. That's why back. he's here in my studio. <laughs> returns coming back, you know, with. Uh, was it was it Mon- Mondale? Was that his first? No. Who was his? Who was his no, yeah. Mondale was his second. Was the second one? Who was his first running? Oh, we're talking like ah. obviously young kids. So I'm trying yeah, to remember. Me too. Me too. Um, um, Carter. No. Wasn't was Carter it? running for reelection? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Get, yeah. yeah. So, so he was. Yeah. He, he was an incumbent rerunning and. Uh, yeah, running again, and he yeah. lost. But I remember the uh, the landslide. I remember my mom and dad watching the returns, and Mondale only won his home state, and it was and just, just barely. Like, that was a, it, that was the year, of course, of uh, you know Ferraro as well. For yeah, Geraldine yeah. Ferraro. Yeah, yeah. You know, she, well, Reagan she, won California his second time around. Yeah. Remember? So, so Hillary Clinton doesn't corner the market on a woman. You know, well, breaking see, they, the glass. I mean, always, Geraldine they Ferraro. They all use that kind of stuff. I mean, for instance, Ferraro was the first woman to run as to, to run for uh, vice, you know vice, vice president. But it's like here just recently, Gillum in Florida. They kept talking about how it was a great moment about a black man becoming governor. Well, if you want to look at it as governor of Florida, yeah, because there have been several other black governors before him not yeah. not in florida but in other places and just being black doesn't make you qualified being white doesn't make you qualified being a woman doesn't make you qualified you know and that that's where we, it's, it's sickening that where we're at today and how that the left is for generations and generations made everything about race every single thing and uh, i was listening to something on the way down here and they were talking about the statistics there's like um 
I don't remember the numbers, but all these uh, n- new numbers of, of blacks uh, in Congress and women and Latinos I'm and about whatnot. Diversity. I have no problem but as all long of as they're them good. Are all Democrats, with except for a just yeah. very few handful. And so it's really not a diversity. It's, it's there's no diversity in thought. Basically, it's a diversity in basically what you look like, and that's what that's how we get Ocasio Cortez. Okay? Oh my God! Please. It, don't do right. Or, or, Hold on. <laughs> Let me play her. Do we have? Oh do God. We, do, do we have? Do we have her uh, giving her word salad? Her. No, well, yeah. This this part where she was standing in front of a crowd and she was talking to the crowd and trying to tell everybody how proud she was about being elected into the position. For uh, Cortez, who's we we had that Miss Tina America The one George Soros handpicked and yeah. funneled the money. Do we still yeah. have that. Russ is looking for it. He's trying to find it. I actually had I a friend. I on, usually warn him when I'm going to play On Facebook something. that loves this woman and said, I put a quote up by her in a picture and said, she's going to change the world. Well, she will change the world. <laughs> well, yeah, like you know, in a bad way. stupidity. But, right. But she thinks, you know, and it's like, oh, my God. You know, remember like, the, the girl that's answering and about schools smart. over like, in China and all serious? that that she was talking about, uh, Russ? You, you can't find it right now? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we can find it, he'll he'll play it. But the bottom line is, she makes no sense. The woman knows <laughs> no. nothing about economics. No. she thinks she's going to get inaugurated. Me. I know she's. Yeah, I know <laughs> she scares me. I mean, seriously, That's scary. Very few politicians scare me. She like terrifies me. Dave terrifies. Yeah, yes. she scares yes. me. They're smart. They'll wall her off like a compartmentalize her off like a. Now remember I mean, the three branches of government. Right. The executive, <laughs> the Senate, and the House. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. She got a couple. Can, of can we can we get her a little civics class, please? Well, hey, can we have her on our show? No. We'll be nice. No. <laughs> no, because nice? I would. I, I know. Would not I know. Be I know. Nice. I can I'm tell you that right now. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more. Uh, I want to talk about that 2020. I want to hear what you all have to say about this. The year of the woman. So the right view is on. It's all women talking to me today. I want you to tell me if you think the 2020 will be the most violent political season ever. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as I believe that they They should uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future (laughs) South Africa? (laughs) She's a Democrat, and she wants yeah. to be I mean, on apartheid. I mean, part. Remember apartheid? Remember that? Oh, my God. I love that. All right, Chris joins us from Conway. Hey, Chris, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, Dave. Man, I, I, first I want to tell you, all of you, thank you for what you did on the, the election day. I was able to aggravate you all a little bit on Facebook. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as what's going on over in France right now, it, I want to thank Trump for doing what he did, mm-hmm. because if he didn't pull mm-hmm. us out of what, what they were getting involved in and pushing us into, yeah, the Paris Accord, the same thing right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Except that it wouldn't be a bunch of college kids out riding. It'd be the hard hats from back in Richard Nixon's time. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. It would be doing it. It would be the silent majority saying, $7 a gallon for gas? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Yep. And now, as far as 2020, I'm looking forward to it because the 2018 election year was fun. And I know it, things didn't work out the way you know, we thought it was going to be exactly, but statistically i know we won uh, yep. and it could have been worse uh i think 2020 is going to be a heck of a fight but i think we're going to come out ahead uh, if, if we can get the word out that the good things that president trump are doing because the media is not going to put it out there Mm-mm. it's going to be up to us it's about the and people need to understand it's going to take the boots on the ground to get out and do the work for him uh, because he's taking the heat and doing the standing for us. So we've got to help him uh, at least get the country back on track and do our part. You know, so uh, 2020, anybody that's listening out there, 2020 will not be the year you need to sit down. You need mm-hmm. to be out doing the work. All right. Gonna need, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the call. I agree, but I want to. my question was, how violent do you think 2020 is going to be? Oh, it's going to be like nuclear. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, Dave. And with Antifa and all the rest of oh, them that are out there. Oh, it's going to be bad. And not to mention the fact we, we've got all these, um, these well, we got the Democrats. We know want red flag laws and more gun control. Mm-hmm. And we even got some Republicans that are on record is saying that they we want gun, you know we want red flag laws so they're going to work even harder to try to take our guns because if we don't have our weapons we can't fight tyranny and we won't have any way to fight back if it gets violent well and let's be clear everybody what y'all need to remember too 2020 doesn't start in january of 2020 no, 2020 doesn't. starts shoot next month of 2019 yep. Yep. january that's when 2020 starts and that's when the house is going to get in there and they are going to go after and start investigating trump we're going to have so the the violence the the mayhem the armageddon literally starts next month mm-hmm. 2019 that's when 2020 starts if you think about it you, you got know, about Donald four Trump weeks didn't people. come on the scene Merry he came Christmas. on the scene in 2015 it yeah. starts like right like you said right after yeah you know yeah midterm let me get, yeah. get Dwayne on here Dwayne, how are you i'm doing good how are you i'm doing great thanks for calling into 101.1 fm the answer what what are you thinking about today well i was listening to um that bright Example of uh, a mind that is when uh, out where no man has been before. Evidently, <laughs> I I do I do think that uh, Sheila Jackson Lee ought to be kissing her hand every day because you know she finally found somebody that makes her look like a, a, a Mensa meeting person. You know, <laughs> Frederica off, off the, Wilson. Yeah, with her I sparkly mean, cow girl hats. Hey, let me. Hey, Dwayne. I had on uh, Congressman Hill yesterday. Do you know who was the head of the banking committee that he's part of? You know who the chairman is? The chairman is Shield. No. Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. O M G. I mean, it's like a whole. 
I don't know, even what's a zoo of, of nut jobs up there. Yeah. Now. I mean, we thought it was bad before, but now it's really bad. Yeah, it's but on. I was hoping, she, I hope she would, I was hoping she'd run for speaker. I was, uh, you know, I, I, that would just, that would just made my day. I mean, I don't know that she would have got it, but she didn't even put her name up. But I just, I just thought it would, I mean, that would have just been hilarious. Now, Pelosi I mean, is twisting her arm behind her back. I'm as dumb as a box of hammers, and that's making the hammer sound bad. Right? I'm just telling you, it's but, it's an interesting uh, time to say, but you, say the here's, least. Here's what I really wanted to say. You know, you're talking about helping, the last guy was talking about helping out President Trump. Right. Uh, you know, our folks, n- number one, uh, Ryan, Paul, I call him Paulette. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, uh, he, uh, Paulette, you know, this was his way of screwing Trump. You know, he, he wasn't trying to help nobody get elected because he, his boyfriend, Mr. Obama, oh, uh, I thought his boyfriend was flake. Wasn't in, wasn't in office anymore. So he didn't have anybody behind the kiss. And Trump wasn't going for that because, see, that's the whole thing. Nobody, Trump don't need anything. There ain't nothing they can offer him that he don't already have or can't get with what he's got. And so, therefore, he didn't have to kiss the ring of the Republicans up there. So they, they sold him out. And, and they're going to do that again. Because you go watch, see what I tell you, they're going to be voting with Nancy and them a whole lot. All right, we'll have I, to. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what, how this shakes out. Thanks, Dwayne. I appreciate it. i got to get to the news, and we'll be back with the right view. We've got another hour to continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, last live hour, because the final hour we re- Pete, the hour we would we did with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesperson, uh, here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And you'll be wanting to listen to it really seriously because our governor was at the, uh, the national uh, morning ceremony for uh, former President Bush. He was in Washington, D.C. Oh, for that because he served under his yeah, administration in different ways. And uh, we'll also talk about uh, that uh, school safety commission and what they uh, the th- they had like 30 different issues they wanted to address. And uh, the governor, again, uh, has uh, been very, you know, animated in saying that these red flag laws, he, you know, Show him one that doesn't get rid of due process, and he might talk about it. But he says that because he knows that there is not any kind of red flag law you can come up yeah. with. Because there's have always going to be somebody who's going to make the decision what due process entails. Yeah, I mean, the red flag in and of itself is the def- very definition of no due process. That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. so, taking yeah. things away before I hope he sticks to it. Oh, yeah. I think you will. Whether it's a judge or somebody, whoever, it, when, when somebody, when you can't a, a face your accuser, when you can't know who turns you in, when you can't stand there to defend yourself, and they can come in and take your weapons away. It's a violation. Take you away. You know, yeah. You know? The scariest part, the mental illness aspect, those those were, you know, I mean, look at this slippery slope that's going to go down because technically PTSD. depression is, oh, not technically, I mean, it is, it a, is mental health a, health. a mental illness. I mean, I've been diagnosed with depression before. I've taken antidepressants before. You know, I mean, does that make me not be able to have, you know, I mean, Do I, know, I don't know anybody. I really don't even know anybody that hasn't before. Chemical so y'all got to understand how serious. It's not just these crazy schizophrenic people that, that, like, they try to make you think that, like, this is a blanket deal. Chemical dependency is a mental health disorder. I wonder how many sloshes we have down at the Marble Palace. Uh, yeah, that's true. We could red flag them. 
Probably more at than the, what's that, what is that <laughs> place? Probably more the eight, than just drinkers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's that place? The eighteen thirty six club. Yeah, that everybody that somebody that somebody's over there, you know, throwing it back. You know what that house looks like? What? It looks like the house from Psycho. <gasps> That's the Designing Women House, Dave. It looks like the, but it I looks went like by the house from it. Psycho. It's a club now. I saw it said 1836 on last week. Yeah. I went that way, by the way. Instead that's of where, that's I, where anybody who's anybody hangs out. So if you're, you're going to have a red flag law, all I got to do, well, well, I'm, you know, that so-and-so down there, and they're, they're, they drink a lot. Maybe we should go I'm down there fear and for investigate. My life. Yeah. You, you know might have that, to take their the weapons show, away. Designing Women. Yeah. Okay, that is the house they used on the outside for that show. Oh, cool. Think about it. Did you know that, Dave? No, I didn't know. You didn't know that? I did yes, not. that's the Designing Women. I just women. keep telling you, it looks like it looks like Norman Bates's right. house it does from cool. the movie yeah. Psycho. Ring, ring, I keep going to shower scene. Do you remember that show? I loved that show. Suzanne Sugar Baker. Suzanne Sugar Baker. And I, Juliet. Juliet. Uh, yeah, Juliet. Sugar Baker. Oh, my God. And, and the, what's the guy that, the one who was unfortunately incarcerated? The oh, black man. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, oh, you you're going to get called about? a racist for that. I don't care. It was a show. Y'all pipe down. I thought he was cool. I liked him. I did, too. He was He hysterical. got out of prison and I he did want... something for himself. Y'all. I've just had like five Y'all people on Facebook call me a racist over the border, so I'm just putting it off on you, you now. realize that house is in Little Rock? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one yeah, that's that's what what we're talking about. is here in Little Rock. Yeah, that's what I was telling Dave. It, does yeah. that not look like Norman Bates' house yes. from Psycho? Well, now that's the packet house, I think, is what you're looking at. That's the Designing Women that's house. That's 1836. Whatever that is now. That's, that's the 1836 that's not, the, that's not the Designing Women house. That is no, the I swear it is. Okay, but 1836 is there. That's where they have their, their, their thing. So, I mean, I've been through evening shade, all right? Yeah. Well, you know, I just yeah, lived right I north of there. Anytime I came right up yeah. there. Yeah. You know? Which is, I mean, you blink, you miss it. That, was that actually where e- Evening the Shade, the yes. show, was? Yes. I've yes, been yes, through yes. there. Um, where was I? My, I, I might have been my, my way up to Spring. Uh, to if you're going to Spring River, you went through there. We went canoeing there. Yeah, you went through. So I went through Evening Shade? Yeah, that's where I used to be with Spring River. We has, had the resort over there on the South Fork of the Spring River. South Fork Resort. It wasn't we a were. great time. It was like one of those years we got hardly any moisture, so we had to pick up our canoe several times. To you sure you didn't float the buffalo? No, it wasn't. Did you like put it over your head? No, it was Spring River. Did you put it over your head and, and carry it? I don't. Did you do that? I, did, I know that. Well, she was too drunk to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, come on. <laughs> That's what you do when you're there. <laughs> well, I'm teasing. We did it. I'm teasing. She was probably no, drinking Gatorade. Not. She was there. She was partying. She knows. <laughs> now, you were one of my drunk neighbors. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, you got me. All right. So, anyway, let's go back to the main question we left hanging in the first hour and bring it back to where we are this hour, and that is, will the 2020 election cycle be one of the most violent that this country has ever seen? 100%. By any means necessary. Do you think that that's exactly what Antifa and all of them are going to be yeah. hammering at? This is what the left this, created for the, us. The, maybe, maybe this, maybe Antifa. What they did here is like the dress rehearsal for twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, the left is the one doing this, not us. I mean, they're the ones that have created this environment and this this tumultuous environment, and they're the ones that produced Trump. Make no mistake about it. We have Trump because of the left. They did. They had gone so far left trying to steal this country away and the principles that was found upon that 
as a result, I mean, how do you think Trump got elected, people? You know? I mean, they produced Trump. So, yes, this is it. I mean, look, if Trump, the Trump Clinton election, it was Armageddon for me. We voted as if our lives depended on because they did. And they always have, but this time was different. This was really different. And I mean, this was about my daughter and my future grandkids. I mean, this was about, you know, the The human, yeah, the future of the country, literally. And, uh, Thank God. Thank God for Donald Trump, and thank God he won. But, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that the left, the, the radical left that we see, the Antifa people and the crazy nut jobs that are out there, they may be just as bad towards the Democrats as they are towards the Republicans because they put all these new people in yeah. that are radicalized. Yeah that uh, are socialists some of them are just flat out communists yeah and it will be interesting to see when they can't get through what they want to get through how those people react to their their own power brokers in washington but those those nuts that you're talking about that are put in office the media are behind them they've got them in their back pocket and that's where these so-called like what you would think is more rational democrats or whatever that's when they're going to have to pick a team they're going to pick a side at that point either they're going to go that far or they're going to realize man these people are crazy i thought the wrong things my whole entire life i'm gone i'm jumping on the conservative but i mean that's where we're they already did that they have been yeah they have it but I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, they've got the media in their back. You're, Look at you're MSNBC right. and CNN. You're right because they're even. What's it called? The Devil's Triangle. The, yes. de- the Democrat Party, the media, and the. Uh, they're the ones putting those crackpots on the news every night and interviewing they, them. When when they've exhausted, every, you know, they have used every uh, arrow in the quiver, and they, they there's nothing they can do can stop. Then they're going to start. You know, it's no holds barred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. When, when the left figures out that the Democrats have sold them a bill of goods, which they have, mm-hmm. and that there are, there is no, as my dad would say, no money tree out there on the, the mall in Washington, D.C. that they can pluck, you know, trillions of dollars off of to give everybody Medicare for all. They're going to turn on them. I'm just telling yeah. you. they're going Because Cortez... She doesn't. She's just one of about twelve of the real yeah. radical ones. But they're going to you know, Maxine Waters and those people that just don't know uh, enough about our government. They know just enough to be really, really dangerous. Well, you know, you got Brian Williams that, that jumped. You know, he retired from the light, the the evening news. No, he was disgraced. And then, well, you know, but, the the bodies that were flowing down uh, through the French Quarter well, in New but, Orleans. But, but then he went to MSNBC. He has his own show on there now and has for a while. He, Brian Williams, he used to be, I mean, we're talking about this guy used to be taken somewhat serious, not by me, but by actual, even like respectable Republicans actually took him as uh, more serious than you can take most of these left work. He's the one putting Cortez in, in that Hirono, that crazy lady from, from Hawaii. Hawaii. Like, I, I see him on, y'all, they're on there every night. Did the, you see where she said that? Uh, so they don't need Pelosi and they don't need, you know. She's uh, a typical elitist. She said that they're so much smarter than the average American. Yes. <laughs> do you, do you, and do you media's think it's replaying okay. it? Um, 
Wasn't Dan Rather the one that fudged something about HW's he went down service record? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he went fired. down in flames over that. Brian Williams Not went HW, down. it was W's. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was George. It was okay, George well, okay, but you know where I'm. Okay, yeah, I know they, where you're they, from. They, they, and okay, and then Brian Williams with the bodies floating down through the French quartering during Katrina. Right, they were eviscerated and humiliated and deposed. Now it's like lying is eh, whatever. Yeah, they, they get on there every night with their propaganda. And nobody bats an eye. I mean, there was a time when, back in the 90s, late 90s, I was so, I could watch Chris Matthews, and I could see a smidge of fairness back then, just a smidge. A smidge, okay? but, not much. But the Fox News had just come on the scene, so thank God we had that. But, I mean, it, it, it was, it, you had to look for what you could. Can I? Uh, and, and now, he's he's interviewing Hirono and Ocasio, <laughs> court, like, they don't care about those other Democrats. MSNBC, now maybe it's just me, uh, back uh, after 9-11, um, um, we moved from uh, Kansas, Leavenworth, Kansas, to B- Brooksville, Florida, and my my ex husband had gone uh, in uh, back into the military. So I was there, and, and I was with bated breath. Where's he going to go? Is he going to end up over there too? I actually watched MSNBC back then because I thought it was the moderate of the two. You know, See, Fox was so I mean. really, really far right, and CNN, but even back in the early two thousands, was off the chain. Oh, well, weird. They, yeah. they used to be known as the Clinton News Network. Yeah. Then they became the Communist News Network. I'm just yeah. saying, I used to watch MSNBC. Now, now it's just like, well, you know, both of them are, I don't know which one. Well, here's what's interesting <laughs> about MSNBC. MSNBC is what, okay, when Joe Scarborough, he, he was a representative in Florida or whatever, and then he got uh, either, idiot. I don't know what happened. Some if lady died his in his office. Or, I didn't know about that. Yeah. But he had his show, Scarborough Country. If you remember, Dave, and yep. he got on the air every night for a solid hour and defended George W. Bush to the end. I'm talking. We're talking, y'all. Joe Scarborough, Mika Krasinski, like they're married now. That that's Morning Joe on MSNBC. That's the guy. I know. I know who. And I, I watched him. An he hour and hardball with on Scarborough Country. And now I look at him. It's like. It's the difference between it, living on principle and living but, on what but, makes your money. Right. But mm-hmm. but he was with MSNBC then, and then they pulled a show, and then now he's doing this. But it's like, you you see where all these people that worked for MSNBC, they were literally on the far right, like as far right as me. He and used then, to be, a, he was a Republican Yeah, and now, congressman look at, and he still Florida. says he is, but he's, oh, he's not. No. He's not. And he's just doing what MSNBC. If he is, he's a rhino. Yeah, but but you, so you go from that to now MSNBC and CNN, like nothing you see is anything even close to the truth. You know what I think is funny? Why they call it fake news? Yeah. You know what I, I love? I love listening to Levin and his oh, and, and, Mark Levin. And, and his, uh, his nicknames. One. He calls he them MSLSD, <laughs> the Washington Compost. Yes, the, he has the best nickname. Yeah, I love him. Oh my well, gosh, he's a very smart. He and you know amazing. we're you know we're and, and and you've heard the the Blaze and CRTV have merged, yep. so we got this huge conservative yeah. platform, and it's digital. So you know when you know uh-huh. somewhere it's, and it's a subscription, so you can go there. I mean, they're not going to be able to demonetize them because they're getting their own money. But you know, I, I won't put it past. You know the our over tech overlords at Google to um, to try to make it hard for them to be on. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't trust Glenn Beck 
as far as I could see. Well, the only reason I'm, I, I like it is because they, they're looking um. for a place where people can go. There, there are definitely going to be differing points of view now on that, on that platform. You know, Glenn Beck has his, you know, he was... You know, he was an anti-Trumper. Right, right. Now he's a full-time Trumper. Yeah, I... He, I don't trust him. I'm a hit and miss but with what him. I'm saying is, yeah, but they're going to be on the same network. You're going to have people with differing opinions, and it's mm-hmm. going to be okay because, you know, it's all about the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. All right. You know? Stay with me. We'll come back and talk more about this, all right? I got to remind everybody about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. You know, they're completely revamping that 12th Street location they moved into back in the 80s and making things work out well for them. Six locations, new updated facilities, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. They provide a lifetime of support. They pride themselves on their relationships. They pride themselves on being on the cusp of everything that is new in the orthotic and prosthetic world. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, they are uh, approaching the final resting place for uh, former President Bush. They are in College Station. Uh, They've come from the train, and they are uh, carrying the uh, the president's uh, body to his final resting place and being followed by the family uh, up the... uh, the path that they're going to to do the final mm-hmm. internment for him. I'm 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 not sure. Is it going to be kind of like how uh, where they have Kennedy in Arlington? Is it yeah. like a mausoleum? It, there, are they putting him I in a mausoleum? It, I don't think so. I think well, he's, he's going to be in the ground. He'll I think. be next to Barbara and, and Robin and, and Robin, their daughter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's I think it's a it's a it's, it's just like a monument type thing there or whatever. Um, I just can't watch W, George W. I can't look at him. It makes me sad and breaks my heart. Yeah. I have to tell you, I watched I watched when he was lying in the rotunda and I'm looking at all of those old politicians. Yeah. And I think it's going through their heads. I'm gonna be yeah. like that one day. Yeah. And so that's, but it won't uh, be to know. that. It won't. No, be no, to no. That you won't have. You're not going to have that kind of thing. Pomp that's not what I'm saying. I'm going to be dead someday. Right. I'm going to end up in a casket just like he sure. did. It's we all ended in the man wants it, to die. It's everybody. Everybody's yeah. got yeah. Everybody got, dies. Got their, uh, I wonder if it passes through their head with all the, the shady dealings and things that they've done. Of course, it has to. I mean. But again, I Pelosi just, it, looked like she was going to come in unhinged, right? When she right. was, stand, I mean, seriously, looked like she was well, going to come unhinged. She always looks unhinged because she got that face pulled so damn tight and all that plastic surgery. Her face, yeah, yeah. The yeah. eyebrows are always up, and she looks like she's a <laughs> looks like you could play her like a snare drum. Right? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm all about that, but still, it's, you know, it's kind. Of, I mean, well, that's what her face. Then she want to take a couple of drumsticks. It's really bad. I mean, I didn't think really anybody bad. could look worse than Kenny Rogers, but <laughs> she does. Have you seen Kenny Rogers? Yes, I oh have. Oh my god! Oh, I haven't. Oh no! I mean, Bert, Bert Reynolds was bad too at the end. True. Yes, you know yes, who yes, looked yes. the best at her age, even with class, and she never said Phyllis Diller. 
Joan Rivers. Yeah, Joan I Rivers. Agree. She, yeah, she, yeah. And, but she admitted, yeah, this is all fake. Of course, yeah. yeah. And when I get my Botox, but she looked day, good. She it, had I'm a good plastic it. surgeon, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she was having something. Pelosi done when needs she to get passed. her money yes. back. Yes, yeah, she, she was, was under was the knife when she surgeon. passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pelosi needs to needs to uh, sue for malpractice. Her doctor or must be a secret, <laughs> like a secret conservative Trump supporter or something. <laughs> you know the hallmark of a good plastic surgeon? I heard what is one that can tell your client no, no more. You've done enough, right? Of course. Apparently, he just you're not gonna, one you're that not, will tell you no. Not gonna let her look like the cat woman. <laughs> yeah, right? with the big lips. And yeah. The, yeah, like I can never imagine. I could, okay. I could, Kinda I could see me doing Botox. Got the, for sure. the the Joker face. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah yeah some people just you know everybody gets old folks I know. you know you can't forestall it forever i know but you're when you're a woman old. dave it's a lot different than being a man i'm just telling you it's for a dog guys, eat dog world out bad. there especially it's so, when you're 44 it's okay for a and, ma- well they have just for men you know just just a, just enough just you know, take a little bit men can be no, sexy just to get a little bit of that gray out just a little bit of that gray out gotta have no, a little when, bit that's character wrinkle baldness but but when you have a little bit of gray on a woman oh my god yeah it's a it's a <laughs> look at that russ is showing his gray on his beard there right looking awful characterish russ guy. is the it's bomb diggity here's the news hey don't forget about eric coleman he'll be with me uh tomorrow or pardon me next friday in five o'clock hour uh teaching you more about why you shouldn't do certain things like never buy jewelry on the internet because you don't know what you're getting they can show you anything and then send you anything it's just about the way it happens and uh, you don't want to that's a pretty good way of putting it uh amy cracker jacks kind of jewelry yeah Yeah. get uh, get a get a a surprise prize that's what you get but uh you know eric uh, coleman has hillcrest designer jewelry uh you should give him a call at 501-246-3655 Make an appointment and uh, go in and talk to him. If you want something made specifically for somebody, you want it to be a unique piece of jewelry for them, you need to get your order in by December 15th so Eric will be sure to be able to finish it. He's located at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, and um, you'll want to go over and see what he's got. Even if it's just a couple days before Christmas and you look in the case, and you buy something from the case, it's really, really cool stuff. I'm just telling you, it's really good stuff to see. Gold and silver, colored gemstones out the wazoo. Eric Coleman at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Number to call, 501-246-3655. All right, Miss Cortez is back in the news today this time dealing with global warming and i read a part of this and first thing that uh, shelly said was that's what my friend was talking about and saying how smart and brilliant she is yeah yeah and said she was going to change the world yeah let me read what she said all yeah. right it's inevitable that we can use the transition to 100 percent renewable energy as the vehicle to truly deliver and establish economic, social, and racial justice in the United States of America. She went on, in particular, a new system of global warming governance will usher in 
this economic, social, and racial justice. She suggested the federal government should nationalize technology. Uh, the automaker Tesla developed following its receipt of tax subsidies. As a matter of fact, it's not just possible that we will create jobs and economic activity by transitioning to renewable energy, but it's inevitable that we are going to create jobs. It's inevitable that we're going to create industry, and it's inevitable that we can use the transition to a 100% renewable energy as the vehicle to truly deliver and establish economic, social, and racial justice in the United States of America. She said that three different times in three different ways. The comments came during a recent Bernie Sanders-hosted symposium on global warming. The incoming congressman did not elaborate on how laws aimed at curbing global warming are going to create economic, social, and racial justice. She just says this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cortez has likened her envisioned global warming programs to another New Deal, or as she wants to call it, a Green New Deal. I believe that the progressive movement is the only movement that has answers right now, she said. We're the only ones that are drawing from the lessons of history. From, uh, from Franklin Delano Roosevelt, from some of the most ambitious projects that we have pursued in American history, and that truly, again, is the scale that it's going to take. It's past time, she said, that the government gets its due for these investments. I think that there's so much work that has been done, and there are some outlying questions, especially when it comes to investment and technologies when we as a public choose to invest in private, when we as a public choose to invest in new technologies, we deserve a return on that investment, Cortez. Well, you got re-election money, and for far too long, we gave money to Tesla. We gave money to a ton of people, and we got no return on our investment that the public made in creating technologies, and it's about time. That we get our due because it's the public that funded and financed a lot of innovative technologies. And that's another, you know, way to go. You know, that was absolutely. Wasn't that in, wasn't that just. Dave, I'm you? in pain. <laughs> no, I'm in like my Can brain, I have some French dressing like, for that word just, salad? Uh, yeah. It's mental ping pong. Like when I hear, it's like I can't, I don't fault like, is this Morris cut? Like my mind. I'm not is, a fan of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, but. You you seriously? uh, Are you seriously comparing yourself to FDR? She just did. It's a it's a rhetorical question. She's mental ping pong for me. Look, I'll give give FDR one accolade and only one. He led us through World War II. That's it. Just sorry. That's it. Because the New Deal was absolutely abysmal. Horrible. All it did was extend. The depression. The depression. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're still living with social media. That, that was a, that was quite Which a statement. Which is going to be insolvent here. That, for- that you, yeah. Uh, Ocasio Court that you just read that was like what that are we, is it New Year's yet like that she she, she talked for how like I can't I don't even know what I don't even know I, what she said what, what other other than wind farms and solar what other renewable energy sources are there okay like if thermal you, uh, well <laughs> waves well, what I'm saying hydroelectric is, 
What I'm saying is, is that like these people that want to use like like solar panels, like <laughs> what the sun's not always out, right? the wind's not always blowing. But they and say the sun reading, is behind the clouds, and you can get more of a sunburning when the clouds out. So they might try to throw that one at you. <laughs> I'm, but you know what? I'm, I'm you know, going to put some some uh, panels on my house because they've come down in but price it's good for, to keep my hot water heater But running. that's good for small localized. They're I trying, agree. You know, you cannot run uh-uh. a city on uh-uh. solar power. No. You cannot run a city on wind farms. No. Do, you, do you know how many batteries you would have to have if you tried to do a I whole mean, city? Okay, I, I, I read this article once. I think my husband showed it to me. Even even trying to get away, uh, getting away from fossil fuels to you know, is in a, to move towards um, renewable energy like winds and you know the the steel that you have to make for the turbines yeah for, you, steel is you is smelted in a furnace using yep. coal sure and the turbines that are transported you know if you ever those things are huge I've, have you ever been driven past a truck with one of those just one propeller just one yes okay and they have to be hauled by a, a 18 wheeler yes which uses diesel fuel which is a fossil fuel so you are never going to get right. away from fossil fuels i'm sorry it's all bogus and it's, it's ridiculous just, it, they make money off this too by the way the left hey, does they you make know what a lot of money today, off though? environmental bullcrap there's a there I was, I was listening to the radio on the way down here there is a councilman in california that is going to write legislation to force uh you have to build uh, restaurants that um, that serve vegan choices because we're trying to get away from cows. You know, if we eat meat, we have cows and cows oh, flatulence gonna, cause take our global meat warming. From us next. They're already taking our straws. By the way, Dave, Little Rock is in on the straw confiscating deal. People out there listening, have you heard that? What, that was no? on the news this morning. Little Rock's taking our straws. They're trying to take our straws. Oh, are they at it Yes, now? the city has, is doing because away the, with straws. the cocaine-addicted uh, turtles? The, right. Yes, because I mean, they end up up their nose and keep, everywhere yeah, else. They keep yeah. straws up Well, you know what? I'm mad. And I'm you know the only, you know, seriously now, the only turtles who have been infected by that are Asian turtles. Yeah, they're not even our turtles. Like, they're not even ours. They're not our straws, I mean. The most or over, our turtles. over in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, but no quality control over there is not well, what it is Starbucks over here. Thank you, Starbucks, and that kid that just hey, made up a bunch Starbucks of numbers out is, there. That nine-year-old Starbucks is still using. Are they still using plastic? No, they went to the paper straw. No, 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 plastic cups. And yes. they're transitioning. Where though. does plastic come from, people? Right, oil. Yep, oil I'm is a fossil you. fuel. You, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Hypocrites. Then if they start using paper, then they're going to complain because oh, they hurt my the trees. Hurt the trees. You get two sips and it's done. You got to get another. One. No, no. It's the way it works. What can I tell you? All right, I got to get in and talk about applied research with our uh, our listeners. Applied research uh, still doing their clinical research studies. Exploring the safety and effectiveness of uh, investigational drugs in patients with diabetes, atopic dermatitis, acne, uh, asthma, low testosterone, overactive bladder, kidney stones, and all the rest. They've got these studies going on. If you'd like to qualify or see if you qualify to be in the studies, make a little bit of money and uh, be able to use these uh, uh chemicals 
then uh, you need to go on to the website, arcarkansas.com, arcarkansas.com, or just call them, 501-954-7822. That's for Applied Research. All right, before I go on, I want to say we heard that Terry Wallace, the former uh, person who called the racists out at Oaklawn from, I think it was 75 all the way up to 2011, he had 20,191 calls without a miss, has passed away. So uh, uh, he was 74 years old, has passed away, he had a evidently a brain disorder mm-hmm. that caused uh, his demise. But uh, I had Terry on this show every year before uh, racing season would begin, uh, and uh, he was just a great guy. Really, yeah. really was a very... Uh, positive upbeat guy they used to live in hot springs yeah i think so okay so, yeah that's uh, really sad he was uh, inducted into the uh, arkansas sports hall of fame in 2012 he was originally from cincinnati held a language degree from xavier university and uh, even spent a year over in paris before putting his language skills to work in racing as an announcer Initially at River Downs in his hometown, as well as Great Barrington, Louisiana Downs, Arks and Ben, and Horseman's Park. So uh, he's in the, the Nebraska Hall of Fame as well. So wow. he was well known for what he did, and he did it very, very Full well. Full life. Yeah, kind of interesting. I, I talked to him and asked him how he remembered all of those horses, and because he just said that just before they would go to post that he would go through the racing form and learn where they were and i he said he always called a few i guess a second second and a half behind the race so that he could always stay right on top of the race interesting interesting character but he has passed away and he's a real icon that uh, that we've lost so with that said, I wanted to pass that on to you so that uh, you would be aware of it. Ladies, what else do uh, you have? We've got five minutes here. This was something that got in your, your your craw that you wanted to talk about. Usually, you're that way. Well, I was hopping mad sure. over the media and how they have, you know, used this funeral again to... to to go after Trump. Go after Trump by not actually going after Trump yeah. per se, yeah. you know. But uh, just the, the way that they like have, little digs, like well, they, no, they, they didn't. No, they, no, they, no, they, 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 yeah, they dwell on how how civil it's all. Yes, it, all it, they've which, done is how it so used much to be. They're, they're, this is no more. And contrasting. They're even going back just as far as George W. Bush, the son, saying that things. They're trying to paint that over like glossy, like rainbows, and it's like I was telling y'all earlier. They're just popping. Rainbows, unicorn, sunshine, up daisies, red roses. Yeah, red roses. I mean, can't, you name it, up your can't, butt. Can't and, you just be respectful, like, once in your life? I mean, like, and watching Savannah Guthrie and them on the Today <clears> Show, <throat> just gush and gush and gush. And then watching Joe Scarborough and Mika Krasinski gush and... And Jim Acosta after all, all those years of, of belittling the, them and disparaging them and them. saying how horrible people they were, no, racist, the misogynist. I mean, they never said anything nice about H. No. W. They despised them ever. Or, so or, they're lying to you, people. It was not like that before. It was not. They're just trying to make it. Could have had a little that bit way. more respect for them if they 
just continued to belittle him after he died because at least they would have been honest but you know they, they weren't well just i mean they're like i mean they're they, you know it's one thing to just be respectful it's another thing to kiss these families in george bush's ass like they've been mm-hmm. doing i mean like literally they're crawling up their legs and kissing their and it's disgusting it's mm-hmm. absolutely disgusting. look i mean yeah, I know you just kind of got into politics the last several years, and you you were younger. Well, I've been I've been in politics on the federal level. I just now level. got on the state see, level. George just to begin with, W. Of the year. Bush was not that long ago, y'all. Like we, no, we have I, a very good memory. I remember how horrible it was, they, and they, I remember they, how they called him a liar. They called him Hitler. They called him a Nazi on a daily basis and Ted made Kennedy, fun of him let's he, not because he had that kind of southern drawl they made did, fun they called him he was stupid a, they called dull, him an idiot no, they trust him like, me mm-hmm. i know i love george w bush and i have always defended him and i've always despised how the media treated him and the left treated him and and now they're acting like he's the best you, thing since sliced bread when you say left to media, you repeat yourself. It's right. redundant. It's the same thing. It's, it's a redundancy. Thing. It's the same thing. But, but, but this has all been about Trump without them saying this is about Trump. Unlike McCain, where Megan McCain got up in the funeral and bashed Trump, and that gave the media. And apparently, she had the audacity to get up there and oh, say how. Did you? Go ahead. Well, I didn't see it. I just heard that she had said, you know, she pretty much had the audacity to get on there and talk about how we shouldn't, you know, be political during this, uh, the passing of. Um, you know, her and Joy getting into it on the view. Yes. Did you see that, Dave? Yes. Okay. It got Which, interesting. I'll be honest with he you. Said, I don't like Joy, but I, I saw that and I take Joy, Megan, I mean, I get it. Joy was getting a little, but Megan got, up, she was acting like a diva. I don't like her anyway. But. Well, Joy wants her off the show. Or wow. she's going to leave. I wish they'd just both. Wow, I don't really care. I don't want, we're I the wish they both would them leave. anyways. But. Who cares about them? We're, we're, this is the right view. Right. This is, this is, this is the right, right view. Yeah. They created us. Literally, we <laughs> exist. Our show exists, y'all, because of uh, Joy Bayhart, Megan McCain. We'll be going with the view. This is, this is where our name came from. We're the right view. But yeah. She's come a long way since when old Babs is on there. But uh, yeah, and the McCain thing lasted three weeks, and it was just like a bash Trump fest and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, and then, but I mean, they didn't make that big a deal of Trump being at the funeral. Like, they just acted like Trump didn't exist, yet but that they made it very clear that he existed, meaning the error that we're in now, that the civility's gone. Oh, Joe Scarborough, the days of Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill, those are dead. Oh, God. Yep. I just can't. And you know what they are talking about, about Tip O'Neill and Reagan, right? The Well, you're going to have to refresh my memory on some of it. Because that's, that's they would go after girl. each other during the time uh, when they were – Trying to discuss and bring together, you know, a coalition. And wasn't he the and, leader of the or the speaker of the house? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a Democrat yes, speaker of the house. Yes. And yes, they yes, would yes. they would later show up after they had had a press conference or whatever, and and have a meal together and talk. You know, I think people need to understand that a lot of people who do not go along together politically and what they think they eat together they, they eat together and they they're friends they cocktails i'm friends with people who are very very liberal in the last few years i i would go out on a limb and say there's probably you could count on at least one hand how many times trump has broke bread at the same table as nancy pelosi i mean this happens this is not anything new you call pelosi and uh, schumer to the white house and had dinner dinner at one time yes you know he, so, I, it just look that's the way laws are made yes you gotta find some place to find 
common Which ground. Which is a... Are you going to talk any more about the... Did you say bipartisan, the First Step Act? Are we going to talk any more about yeah, that? Yeah, we can get into that. Well, I mean, it's almost time to go. Yeah, I can't do it today. But, yeah. <laughs> we can do it next well, Thursday. That, we'll just, about, I can take I'll, over the last hour. And I'll bring, <laughs> I'll bring over uh, the head of, uh, you know, Americans for Prosperity. Okay, Sarah and, Sanders, and when are you going to get her on our show for us, I please. have been trying, but hey, that'll be a good, people uh, That would be a good way to get Candace Owens on the show because here. she's a big First Step Act advocate. All right, got to take a break. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you being here. And the same to you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. I'll catch you all next week. Awesome. I'll be back with everybody else uh, again uh, tomorrow, but we'll be live out at Toy Troopers at the Walmart in Bryant. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.